Yeah, Green, I think that's a, a really good point on that focus now being resilient. What does your organization and what does resilience mean for your organization, right? And part of that is you know, bolstering up the whole company to be in that future state readiness. And that's touching on the areas we just talked about, future-proofing your staff, upskilling, bringing those into play. Uh, but overreaching at that enterprise, you know, it's that um, top-down culture that needs to be driven uh, and needs to start from the top and embed. And, and either, even going back to the earlier points that we talked about, it's where is the SISO strategy and is it the SISO strategy or is it an enterprise strategy that needs to Correct. be put into play? Exactly. Yeah. Um, so some really interesting things that we talked about and earlier we mentioned fundamentals. And if we look at a recent example that happened um, in the U.S., being an oil major um, that was bought down and it was the largest fuel pipeline in the US. Um, it was theoretically what you read in the media related to a weak or unmanaged password requirement at the back of having zero or no multi-factor authentication applied over a VPN. These are those fundamental elements that we're talking about, right? This is... Organizations, every single organization I've worked at has always had a password policy in place. <laughs> but they don't seem to work. It's those parts. It's We need to start shifting and thinking that threat actor mindset. How is it? What does it look like? What's our threat impact to this? And probably now is a good time to focus on what's been in the media around ransomware. You know, in 2020, uh, industry published reports outlined that more than half of Australian businesses suffered a cyber-related impact, resulting in an average of four days productivity loss. And also ransomware increased from 48% in 2019 to 64% in 2020. Given we are now just over the mid-year point in 2021, reflecting back, there almost seems that there hasn't been a month past that hasn't mentioned the impact of ransomware across multiple industries, oil, health, retailers, across the globe. So pretty much calling out your point is it may not be happening to the level what's happening elsewhere in Australia, but it's definitely happening and there is no border controls for, for ransomware in place. Yep. So if we think about that and coupling this now with more and more and more reports that we're seeing of uh, companies being impacted, and some companies paying ransom. Is it now time that directors and executives shift the importance of performing ransomware and resilience assessments to the top of their agenda? Um, and especially before they experience you know, the proverbial gun to their head? Yes, <laughs> I, I think that absolutely. Uh, it has to be sort of coming to, it, I, I just see it right now, and many organizations you know, a lot of a lot of people tend to think that this won't happen to me. Period. And I, I think it's inevitable that someone is going to poke and prod an organisation to get in. Um, you know, to your point earlier, if someone's not using MFA or you know, password policies may not actually be you know, a password policy is there, whether it's actually being used or not. And just the notion of there's a password policy just basically screams we've probably got some challenges and some holes in an organisation. You know, not thinking about and an unfortunate impact that could happen to an organization, I think you're probably just you're delusional right now. It's probably the best way I could sort of summarize it. Uh, we're seeing organizations, and I'd probably go as far as saying that we're seeing organizations targeted 
and impacted on a daily basis. And if you think about the numbers as well, the average ransom payment paid by organizations increased from 115,000 US in 2019 to 312,000 in 2020.、Uh, if you look at some of the most recent ones, obviously we've seen this rise even further where you know, millions of dollars are actually being paid. You know, between 2015 2019, highest ransom demand that we typically had seen back then was 15 million. Uh, in 2020, the highest ransomware、uh, demand grew to 30 million. And this is where we just keep on seeing these numbers going up. And yes, a lot of the times it ends up being a very big, scary number that is completely negotiable.、Uh, but if you think about the most recent ones that we've seen, you know, people are providing ransomware as a service.、Uh, you know, we talked about the, the most recent one, obviously targeting some organizations, you know, the Kaseya VSA. You know, the initial demand that came out was $70 million for, all the tool, for a tool to decrypt all affected files. You know, the question that an organization should have today is if that happened to us, what would we do? Would we pay? But then the next step is everything's negotiable. You know, on Monday, the demand actually dropped down to $50 million.、Uh, but either way, whether it's got you know, one zero, whether it's a you know, higher or lower number, whatever it is, whether it's a single digit, either way, are you really prepared、uh, today? If that actually happened to you, I think is the big question. And I think that's a really good point that you're raising there, Sean. And I actually do have a, a bit of a direct question、uh, on this one for you.、Um, do you think paying ransomware now needs to be an option on the director's or C level's mind when it potentially hits the organization? Oh, <laughs> that's, that's a, I think that's a good question. And one that I probably would say, I probably would have to say yes. If, was, if there's only sort of two answers, yes or no,、um, I probably would have to say yes. And the reason why I say that is, is it comes in a couple of different parts. Actually, let me put my caveat. I don't necessarily condone、um, an organization,、uh, so I don't I condone the payment of、uh, ransom payments, period. And the reason for that is I've said a couple of different parts. One, we're actually funding further criminal activity moving forward.、Uh, I'm also serving,、um, giving something to a cyber attacker where I'm giving them more money so they can build more infrastructure, more capability to do researches and launch further attacks. So kind of think of it from that aspect. The other part is,、um, you know, when you pay a cyber attacker, you're feeding the beast. Guess what? The beast is always going to come back again. You know, there is no get out of jail card that you simply just pay. And you're immune. The reality is, and I think I remember seeing this at the start、um, when ransomware was really sort of taking off, people were seeing, and I can't remember the exact stat, I think it was if an organization was impacted and they paid, more than likely they were always going to be impacted the second time around. Because what did we learn from it? Did we do anything about it? Did we shore up our defenses? Did we change things? And to the point that you talked about with multi factor authentication, if I didn't really do anything after it hit, I just go, whew, thank God. You know, we're okay, we've moved on. That doesn't stop anyone from coming back and doing the exact same thing to get in again. And I think that's something that we need to be thinking about when you kind of answer that question. But short answer, yes. Yeah, it's an interesting one. And I'm, I'm sure it's going to be on, on everyone's mind. And, and definitely, as we more, hear more about it in the media.、Um, the other part that I see as well, when talking about we,、uh, resilience, and there seems to be that word popping up through our conversation coming through. Traditionally, when we think about cyber incidents and so forth, we know that there's a cyber incident response team sitting within an operations function. 
And they generally outline good playbooks and processes and what they'll do to contain and manage the incident. Do we think now it needs to shift to another aspect where businesses now need their corporate playbook and understanding the payment that we just talked about feeds into that part. So we sort of encapsulizing all the areas that we talked about earlier of lifting up the CISO's role, getting it up to the top level, the executives, bringing it into the strategy part of you, resilience, understanding your impact. But I think now it's we need to shift off. It's just not the cybersecurity's responsibility to manage this. There's now a corporation that needs to get involved uh, to do this as well. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think if I sort of unpack that a little bit further, I think the big thing is a, a CISO, once the person's, you know, let's just say that they're at the pivotal point of the, the cybersecurity strategy, I don't think that everything should rest on their shoulder to say, oh, we've got attacked. It's the CISO's fault. Uh, it, it really is a case of everyone has a role to play. And especially at the exec level, we all need to ensure that, you know, we want that person to win effectively. We, we want us as an organization to win. You know, simply singling a person out and saying you're responsible, you know, your next, your, you know, your head's on the chopping block, that doesn't work out. So I, I think the big thing is, and I agree with your point, it'd be amazing that we, you know, we are in a world like, to get into a world like that, which would be every organization has an enterprise risk management strategy. And I think for years we've probably seen that cyber risk is one of those things that may fall out of it or is not really included. And that's because, you know, board of directors, uh, executive leadership teams see it as some sort of mysterious risk. You know, drop the cyber moniker. It's just risk. Yeah, cyber is a vector for good and bad things to happen. And I think we just need to really ensure that we're focusing on that one because, you know, think about it from a a kinetic standpoint. You know, countries potentially in the future could be waging war and it's not going to be one of those someone parachutes in. Uh, The first shot is going to be fired in, let's just call it the next war. It's probably going to be shot uh, fired from a computer. And I think what we need to start thinking about is in that context of what do we actually do to ensure that our business can sustain something, be resilient, uh, and how do we ensure that no material impact is going to really happen to us? And we can't eliminate it. But how do we start to do, you know, really do risk management from a cyber context? And I think that's a good point, Sean. Um, when we look at cyber and cybercrime and those words used together. We actually do need to break that away. It's a crime. Cyber is just the mechanism that the crime occurred with, right? It's no different to a burglary aspect into a house or, or so forth. It's it's a crime event that took place. And I think that's the breakdown that needs to happen across in the sense of these are all criminal activities that are occurring and you know, leading to the example down there could even lead to be nation-state activities and, and yeah. so forth as well. Um, they're just using the mechanism that's an easier platform to use now, as you said. Trigger from an environment that you wouldn't even know, you could easily mask and protect where you're coming from and cause gross havoc across, if we're going back to the US sort of pipeline issue, larger supplier, massive impact to the US, um, triggered from a remote uh, aspect into that as well. Um, this has been really a really good conversation, Sean. If if I sort of summarise the key points that we went through across that, where we're really looking at and trying to send the message of 
especially for organizations coming into the scope of those sectors. Cybersecurity hygiene, so fundamentals, what is it? Get to understand it. Crown jewels, so your business critical stack and your lower stack. Start with your critical, protect, apply, understand that, but don't forget the lower stack aspect as well. A culture of security is sort of starting at that top. So thinking about what the strategy is, don't leave it for a security person to design, bring it into the fold as a corporation strategy, um, align it with your other business needs and movement aspects going forward and address those parts as well. And then a key focus on being resilient, bolstering the company to be in the future state, including people, uh, overarching enterprise directions, risk management frameworks and so forth, seems to be the crucial point. And especially tabling and doing your ransomware simulations now and not waiting until something happens or unfortunately thinking that it's not going to happen. Being in that mindset that it's definitely, definitely going to occur. So great, Sean. It's been a fantastic conversation. Um, I've really enjoyed it. Uh, we appreciate we appreciate you joining the Go Talks, uh, offering your insights, um, and as always, uh, very valued uh, as well. Cheers. Thanks, Wayne. Really appreciate it. Thank you again. Subscribe to our channel to ensure you don't miss out on the next episode of Go Talks, when we'll be back with more trends, insights, and predictions from Equifax. Remember to follow Equifax Australia on LinkedIn and check out equifax.com.au and head to the Knowledge Hub for more insights. Till next time, goodbye.